wedding. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of Soaring to New Heights, the BC Office of Global Education's podcast, where we'll highlight student experiences abroad. And I'm really excited to be here today with Sophie Berard, who studied in Switzerland. Uh, she majors in biology as a minor in global public health, and she did a really interesting program um, with an external program called uh, Global Health and Developmental Policy. And remember here at Boston College, there are Boston College programs um, that we work with with students. And then there are some external programs that we approve students to go on um, with some outside partners with a, for a few different reasons. And um, one of the reasons is that they can provide some really unique opportunities for students. And this external program with SIT is a really unique program. And I'm excited to talk to Sophie about it. Um, and, and, and hear more about her experience. And so um, I just want to say hi. Sophie, Hello, how, how are, are you? you? I'm good, how are you? Good, good. It's a bit cold in Boston today, even <laughs> yes, though it was it much nicer yesterday. Definitely. Um, but I'm really excited to be able to talk to you today about your program and your experience going abroad as a BC student. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, Switzerland had to yes. be uh, amazing. And, and where were you in Switzerland? Um, I was in Geneva, Switzerland, so it's kind of all the way on the western end of the country, right on the border with France. So it's about 10 minutes from the French border, which was a really cool location for sure. For how long? Um, I was there for the fall semester. So I got there at the beginning of September and I left right before the December holidays. Yeah. And so you did fall what time? I did fall 2021 semester. Great. <laughs> and so when students at BC um choose where they want to go when they want to go they often have the option to choose for how long um and when and so you went for the fall to switzerland was there any particular reason that you ended up going in the fall as opposed to the spring um i mean i really chose to go in the fall when i applied i know you can rank the six programs it's kind of how the process goes at bc um, and you can rank if you want things in the spring or the fall and I actually ranked all six of my choices to go in the fall. Mm. Um, it was always what I had kind of considered doing um, when I thought about studying abroad. Um, at first, for no particular reason, other than I just thought it would be cool to go fall of junior year. Um, but kind of as I started to think more about um, like my four-year plan at BC, um, I realized that the fall semester would really be a great time for me to go, kind of in terms of looking at summer opportunities between junior and senior year in terms of the classes that I would really want to take during the spring semester. Um, and this was something that I didn't really anticipate, but I really enjoyed was that there's just so much going on in Europe. I was in Europe, obviously, but there's so much going on in Europe in the fall that I got to experience that I didn't really anticipate. Um, mm. I got to see pretty much three seasons. I got there in September and the weather was beautiful in the 70s. In Switzerland. So I got to swim, I got to do go to the beach at the lake, um, all of those sorts of things. We had a beautiful fall. Um, it was really pretty in the mountains in Switzerland to see all of the leaves changing um, and things like that. And then obviously, Switzerland is renowned for skiing. Um, so I got to kind of experience winter and um, the beautiful Christmas markets in Europe. Um, so that wasn't something I was originally anticipating. But I would really encourage anyone who's kind of writing off fall to think about those sort of 
kind of cultural things and seasonal things that you might be able to, um, I guess, experience when you're abroad um, yeah. as a big factor in deciding um, when to go. And I think you mentioned something really interesting um, about being, you know, we're here back in Boston on campus yeah. here for the, the spring semester and being more prepared to enter into the summer if mm -hmm. there are summer opportunities. Um, are there things that you're considering, you know, doing over the this summer that you feel like you'll be able, you'll be more capable of, of engaging in now that you're back home? Yeah, I mean, so I, as a pre-medical student, I work at a hospital um, and I was able to secure a job at a hospital that is pretty much guaranteed to me for as long as I'd like it until I graduate even. Um, I'm lucky that I'm from about an hour and a half away. So I'm able to drive home on the weekends to kind of do, um, I have a monthly requirement for how much to work, but because I was hired when I got back from school, I can have this job pretty much guaranteed to me for the summer, which could have been a hard thing to arrange while I was abroad. Um, yeah. And then I actually, while I was abroad, we talked about a little bit about the experiential part of the program that I did, but I was able to complete an independent research project, which I'm sure we might get into more later. Um, but through that um, experience and the project that I produced is something that I'm going to be able to potentially apply for grant funding for and work on throughout the summer. Um, and it's kind of helped me discern a lot about the career path I'd like to follow and things like that. And I think I have a lot of time now in this spring semester to kind of know the direction that I want to take that project in and kind of set myself up really well to potentially have some funding to work on it over the summer when I have a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's really interesting too. Uh, be, so you, you talked about your time abroad and being able to work on a, a project. Can you tell us a little bit more about that project? Yeah. So um, the way that my program worked is that we kind of had the first two, two and a half months were a bit more intensive of a schedule. We had a lot of um, meetings, classes, lectures, pretty much from nine to five every day um, regarding various topics in global health and development policy. Um, and it felt really intense at the beginning um, because I wasn't used to that sort of schedule being at BC, but yeah. um, that pretty much all stopped at the beginning of November. And then for the last six weeks of the semester, um, we were kind of given free range to talk about whatever we wanted to talk about, any issue in public health, global health that interested us, um, even more related to policy and things like that. Um, and we just had certain requirements for how long the paper that we had to write would be. Um, we had certain interview requirements, which was something that really challenged me. I had never really conducted my own interviews for research before. Um, but we pretty much were given free reign to kind of explore whatever we wanted to, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Um, so I, I'm a pre-med student. Um, I've done a lot of volunteering, shadowing, and working in environments related to maternal and child health. Um, that's ultimately where I see myself working, but I obviously have a long way to go. Um, and so I chose to do my project on um, the policies related to infant and young child feeding in emergency situations. Um, it's a pretty niche topic, mm -hmm. um, but it, it kind of brings together issues regarding nutrition and children's health that I'm super passionate about. Um, and I was able to do a lot of really cool policy analysis relating to United States policies on how we respond to children and infants needs for nutrition in emergency situations, which I had never really considered, but mm -hmm. I found myself really fascinated by it. Um, and I was able to have some really cool interviews with people from the WHO and the CDC 
um, really top level organizations that I never really thought would agree to yeah. talk to me about anything academic. Um, so that was really, really cool. And I, I kind of finished. So I wrote my paper. It was about 52 pages, um, paper, which was that is a paper. That's a paper. Um, but I did that. And then we presented it to I had an advisor. So every all of the students had advisors. So our advisors were able to zoom into the presentations and yeah. we presented to our class. And it was really cool to kind of share that body of work that I really cared about with everybody. Um, and what's been really nice is that my advisor, um, the project that I did, really, there's no published literature that, um, I guess, relates to that um, currently in circulation. So my advisor um, from my program was really um, encouraging me to continue pursuing this um, when I got back to school. So I'm actually right now in the process of talking to some people um, within the public health department where my minor is. Um, and maybe talking about having an advisor on the ground in the US yeah. um, that can kind of help steer me along towards an eventual, maybe an honors thesis or a publication oh. um, and things like that. And that's something that I didn't really anticipate going in. I knew the project was going to be a part of my program and I was excited about that, but it's not something that I anticipated at first, like being able to turn into something a lot bigger, but it's it's becoming something that's really cool for me. So I'm glad I did it. That's something that I think is interesting too. You mentioned going in the fall and being able to take the work that you've done in the fall and build upon it in the spring, for or, sure. you know, looking for an advisor or, or figuring out how you can take some of that work and use it for projects. Uh, projects now is a really great um, and a really interesting opportunity because you don't have to stop exactly. you know, for the traditional spring break. You mentioned um, doing some interviews with individuals from the World Health Organization and the CDC. Yeah. Is that built into your program or how did your program influence you going that direction with yeah. those, with, with those, you know, top level, you know, world renowned um, institutions? Yeah. So I think I didn't know this about my program. We got our syllabi probably about two weeks before we started, but mm -hmm. basically the way that our curriculum was structured is that we had a few overarching academic directors, but our day-to-day -day lectures were led and taught by individuals from organizations like the World Health Organization, World Food Program, the Red Cross, Doctors Without Borders. So um, my day-to-day -day classwork was either attending a Zoom presentation or they would come to our office um, or we would go to their organization. We got to visit um, the High Commissioner for Refugees. We got to visit the UN Development Program, Environment Program. A lot of the big organizations that I knew were based in Geneva. Um, and those, those experts in kind of their sort of fields were the ones that were teaching us um, about any given topic. So the UN Environment Program, someone from the UN Environment Program gave us our lecture on environmental and planetary mm -hmm. health. Um, and so I was really able to, through having those sort of, I, I guess I can call them professors, but through those sort of lecture experiences, we would be in a room with them, talking to them for three or four hours. We had a really small class size, so we had a lot of really great discussion. Um, and it was really easy after class to just kind of go up to them and say, hey, I'm, I'm really interested in this topic. We have to do a research project. I'm thinking about um, doing my research project on something related to this topic. So we had a lecture on breastfeeding and I ended up going to, um, the individual who gave us the lecture on breastfeeding and he was, he ended up becoming my advisor, but I mm. asked him if I could maybe reach out to him regarding my research project as the semester went on. Um, 
and that transformed into a lovely relationship. Um, that's been really, really helpful for me professionally and academically, but it was really just the fact that those were the people who were teaching me, um, every single day. And they were super, um, invested in kind of helping us as young public health researchers and professionals. So, um, I, it was something that I didn't anticipate prior to going, um, again, but it was, um, it was really, really easy. And we were kind of set up very well. The opportunity was there to network with people mm-hmm. if you wanted to, um, you didn't have to, but if you wanted to, and so I've made some really, really good connections, um, mm. that I'm excited to kind of see where they take me in the future for sure. And I, and I, and it sounds really exciting too, because I think that sometimes before you go abroad, there's this feeling of like you know, anxiety and I have no idea what, you know, will I be the same person when I come back? You know, what will I pick up while I'm there? You know, am I able to do it? Um, and it sounds like to me that now that you're back and able to think about your experience, at least professionally and academically, there's been a significant um, influence yes. um, from, from the, the experiences that you had while you were in Geneva. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about how your trajectory now um, maybe either has shifted or is more focused based on the work that you were able to do? Yeah, um, I would totally agree with everything that you just said. Um, I, so I've, I've been a pre-medical student at BC since I got here. I've known that that's what I want to do for a really, really long time. Um, and I would really, I'd always been considering the public health minor. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know a ton about public health. I felt like in high school and in previous experiences, I wasn't really exposed to the field of public health. I knew it was important for medicine, but didn't really know how they related. Um, and just kind of through my first two years at BC, I ended up applying to the minor, um, And I started to learn a little bit more about, I guess, the relationship between medicine, public health, and how they're often divided in society. Um, But we need a lot of professionals that are able to blend the two together in order to help create healthier societies. Um, So I'd kind of always been thinking about medical school and going into very clinical medicine. But as I've learned more about public health, I've really um, kind of wanted to pursue a career that blends the two of them together. And I've I've learned that there are a lot of medical schools that offer combined degree programs for Mm. um, you can get your medical doctorate or your doctor of osteopathic medicine and also your MPH in a five-year program. So I'd really thought about doing that, but up until I went abroad, I'd actually never been able to get into a public health class at VC. So I, I knew from outside research and outside experiences, a lot of reading podcasts, things like that, that public health was really my thing, but I'd never actually studied it in the classroom or, um, had any academic, super academic conversations about it. Um, so I got abroad and I was a little bit nervous because I didn't know, I, I thought I loved it, but I didn't know if I really would. Um, And kind of as I got to meet a lot of the people who held positions similar to what I thought I might want to do one day, um, I really started to realize that the career that I thought was possible was actually something that could be very reachable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to meet, I'm just thinking, a really, really cool physician who um, he actually was a pediatric emergency physician in Chicago, and he spent two weeks every month in Geneva working for the global fund to fight AIDS, malaria, and tuberculosis. Um, So he kind of held a role as a policy advisor, was really well-versed in global health policy, public health, but then also was a clinical practitioner, um, which is ultimately my dream career. And I think 
the opportunity to meet people like that and also to pursue research topics that I'd always loved reading about on my own time um, and learn about them in a classroom environment and kind of take them where I wanted to in my research really it affirmed to me that public health and clinical medicine are two things that are very important to practice together. They're things that are possible to practice together. And um, it, it really kind of affirmed to me that that's the path I want to take, which yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful that I was able to have that experience so early on in my career. Yeah. And I, and, and, I'm, and it's really impressive to hear how much or how influential the, the experience was. Um, you know, I can't, I think it's so beneficial to be able to meet individuals um, who kind of shape your future experience. I say that, and so I studied abroad in Spain yeah. when I was in college, and I took a small trip to Morocco. Okay, that um, was kind of you know a partner program, and we went for a week or, or a program that you could partner with. Um, and when we went, I met a Peace Corps volunteer in Morocco, um, and and the, the programs they do in Morocco, the, the Peace Corps are youth development programs, mm -hmm. and they talked about their experience, and that that's very memorable for me yeah. uh, for a lot of reasons. And years later, <laughs> I would go on to be a Peace Corps volunteer myself yeah. in Indonesia. And I think that sometimes you, you know, there are these really, you know, small moments that that are often uh, that often occur when you're studying abroad. The years later, or even in this case, you know, very, very recently later, after, yeah. yeah, um, you're like, wow, this is really, you know, this is really shaped like kind of the trajectory that I want to have. Of course. Um, while for, for my future, you also mentioned something and I, and I, that about being nervous. Yes. Um, and I think that's a common experience for students who of course, of are course. <laughs> either thinking about going abroad or, um, who, who even are abroad now and, and, and it's natural. And I, I'm curious to hear, you know, outside of the academic piece, mm -hmm. um, just the cultural piece. H had you ever yeah. been to Switzerland? So I had never been to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. um, I'd been to Europe okay. um, a couple times. Um, my parents used to live in London, so I visited a few times. I visited France and I have a lot of family in Poland, so I've been there as well. Yeah. Um, but I'd never, I'd never visited Switzerland. I'd always wanted to, I've mm -hmm. heard it. I had heard from so many people how beautiful it was. And I had seen pictures. Um, and of course I kind of knew when I was looking at abroad programs that it was a very um, big hub for global health, which I talked about, I was yeah. super interested in, um, but I'd never been, I didn't know a lot about the country. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm, couldn't have picked a better program for mm -hmm. myself. Some something in me knew that that was the right one for me, um, and I'm I'm really glad that I chose Switzerland. What were you most nervous about before you went? Um, so I'm from Western Mass. I'm from Hadley, um, which is right near UMass Amherst. It's about an hour and a half west of BC. Um, and so, kind of coming to college, I haven't traveled super far from home. Boston is super familiar to me. BC mm -hmm. is super familiar to me. All of my family, um, I had mentioned I have some extended family in Poland, but all of my family and the people important to me are within New England, at least on the East Coast of the yeah. U.S. Um, and so I'd always coming to college wasn't a huge transition. I'd always I'm always able to get home if I need something, if something's going wrong, um, I'm always able to go home. So I think a big thing for me was that I was really nervous about challenging myself to be an ocean away from the people who matter to me mm -hmm. and everything that I've really known in my life. Um, I'm lucky that my family um, 
has traveled a lot, but I've always been in a new place with the people that I care about. And I'm definitely a very family oriented person. So I think the thing I was most nervous about was being a six hour time difference and an ocean away from my family. Um, but it was a lot easier than I thought it would be a big part of that. I think was, I stayed with the homestay family. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a required part of my program. So that was kind of another thing that it was really, really immersive, um, which I loved. I was nervous about it because I thought it would be easier to not kind of inject myself into someone else's family life. Mm -hmm. Um, but it made the transition to being so far from home a lot easier. Um, and I now have like an entire Swiss family that's are yeah. always texting me. We FaceTime every now and then, and they already want me to come back in the summer. So now when you speak to your, your, um, host family back in Switzerland yeah. in what language do you speak? So we speak in English. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is because so Switzerland has four national languages. Geneva's in the French speaking part, obviously, because it's so close to the French border. Um, but I went in knowing a decent amount of Spanish, didn't know any French. Uh-huh. Um, it made it a little bit easier, I guess, to kind of learn French in my classes. I had to take a language class throughout the whole time, but I had no knowledge of French at all. Um, and so my host mom, um, she really, she told me actually, it's funny, but she liked to use her English students to practice her English. Uh Um, English is her fourth language and she often doesn't speak it a lot with her friends because they'll communicate in any of her other three. (laughs) Um, so I was actually, it, that definitely made my transition also easier because we had, it was, it took a little bit of time to get used to the phrases that she used and to kind of be able to slow my sentences down and pronounce things very, um, purposefully so that she could understand where I was coming from. Um, but I think that ultimately I was able to pick up a lot of French that the ability to speak English with her and having that not be a barrier was definitely very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, so you hadn't been to Switzerland before, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you go to, to college, um, not too far away from your hometown yeah. um, and you moved, you know, and like yeah. you said, an ocean away yeah. uh, to a country where your native language is not the, the, yeah. the language most commonly spoken, although your classes were in English, yes, right? Yes, they were. Um, I imagine that there were times where homesickness was a, was a mm. factor. What coping mechanisms or what tools did you use to kind of feel more connected to to either Switzerland or your friends and family back home? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a real thing. Homesickness is something that I think everybody worries about before going abroad, but it's not something you're going to be able to push off. It's going to affect everybody and coping mechanisms are super important. Um, I'm just thinking the first, this is a great example of, I guess what I did, but the first night that I was in my homestay family was actually my 20th birthday. And I was unpacking my suitcase and I found a giant package that my mom had buried underneath all of my clothes Mm -hmm. that had notes from all of my family and friends and some presents. And so that made, I don't cry a lot. And that made me ball. And I (laughs) called my, I had just called my parents and said, my host mom is so nice. I love her a lot. And like probably two hours later, I was calling them and I was like, I want to go home. Like it's my birthday and I'm alone. Um, and that was at like midnight on my birthday. And it, it was a really, I had been away from home for about a week. We moved into our homestays a little bit late because of COVID and yeah. testing and things, but um, 
I had, I had been there for about a week. I was like, okay, this feels really new. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I really miss everybody, but, um, the next day that was a Friday and the next day was kind of our first free weekend in Switzerland. And I was lucky. My program was very small and everyone else was from the U S had never lived abroad before everyone. A lot of my close friends in my program were very, very similar to me in terms of, um, kind of their anxieties and nervousness, um, in general. And so I was texting one of my friends after that whole breakdown (laughs) happened and, um, they said, well, we're in Switzerland and it's your birthday. So let's go do something fun. We have a free train pass. Let's go see something We're like, you're only going to do this once. So my friends and I actually went on a tour of a chocolate factory and a cheese factory and had fondue in the mountains, Uh um, the next day. So I was, I went to bed and I was still feeling a little bit homesick, but I woke up the next morning and I was like, I'm about to take a train ride into the Alps and see some chocolate. And I think that's really cool. Um, So basically my point in bringing that up was that I found that, um, when I did feel really homesick, I just kind of took the time to remind myself that I was truly having, I hate it when people say like, it's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, but it, I was never going to kind of be at this point in my life again, whenever I go abroad, if I'm lucky enough to study or live abroad again, it's just not going to be the same. Um, so I tried to remind myself that I could be sad. I could miss my family. I could want to be sharing the experiences that I was having with them, but, um, I owed it to myself to enjoy where I was and to be super present in my life. So when I did feel homesick, I tried to, um, kind of just, even if I was just at home in the village that I lived in going into Geneva and walking around and getting a coffee or something. And, really just reminding myself to be present in the place that I was because now I'm back in Boston and it feels Mm -hmm. like I blinked. Um, so I I was able to plan a lot of very cool trips with my friends that, um, throughout Switzerland that really helped me deal with the homesickness because it was just, it was impossible to want to be anywhere else when I was sitting in the middle of the Swiss Alps. Like there's nothing like it. So I think think you bring up a really good point because I think that sometimes there's that, that study abroad is a specific experience as it relates to going abroad, right? Yes. It's different than just uprooting yourself and moving Definitely. Um, for, you know, like a permanent life, but it's also different than like a vacation. Yes. Um, and, I, and I think that something that is the most, that is often the most difficult for anyone to understand or, or pick up on um, before they go is that they will build a community there too. Of course. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think about that because I felt similar. Yeah. Uh, Similarly, um, before before I headed to Indonesia, I was like, I don't speak Indonesian. Yeah. I don't even, I don't don't know much about it. You know, and and to your point about birthdays, I remember my my birthday pass and all the teachers at my school bought this cake and it was a surprise. And I was like, these are not, I would not have considered, I I was a teacher, um, but I would not have considered you know, how much of a communal component comes in with just being, just being abroad. And, and you pick up a, the same way you pick up, you know, friends and, and, and at your university, you pick up friends at your, and, yeah. and domestically, you do it as well abroad. Yeah. And I, another thing I'll just add was yeah. my kind of relating to that, but my homestay family was really amazing also with helping yes. with homesickness. Yes. Um, my homestay mom, she had my parents' phone number. And so she would text them. So she would WhatsApp text them sometimes. Um, 
so that they would know how I was doing. She would ask them different things and she would sometimes surprise me with like my favorite meal from home or uh-huh. something like that. But I was really thankful that she made a big effort to include me in a lot of their family activities. And I, because I'm such a family oriented person, um, it meant a lot to me and it helped me feel a little bit more settled in Switzerland in yeah. such a new place because I was helping her to babysit her granddaughter every week. And I would go to the farmer's market with the family on Saturday mornings when I was home. And I got to go to her grandson's baptism Mm -hmm. and like meet the family. And we had a really fancy dinner and everybody spoke French and I couldn't understand what they were saying, but it was just the way that the people that I met, I think were so inclusive and Mm -hmm. so welcoming to me. Um, It was it made a world of a difference and it really defined my abroad experience, yeah. but it wasn't even something that I considered. I would, I would leave Switzerland and feel like I was also leaving home. And um, I think that those are the experiences that um, you don't know you're going to have until yeah, you have them. Exactly. Yeah, you, you get there and you, you never think you're going to be at, you know, somebody's baptism until, exactly. until you're there. But yeah. then when you're there and you're not able to, you know, communicate with, I, this is a very common experience when yes, I was in Indonesia, for sure. like these, these, you know, festivals or events and you're like, I don't know what people are saying, but I'm still happy to be here. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's one of the most unique opportunities that comes from studying abroad, just the unknown being much more positive than you can have ever expected. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Great. Well, I'm really happy we had this opportunity to chat today, Sophie. Thank I mean, you so much. Sounds incredible. Um, and I'm so excited for the work that it uh, is, has led you to and that it will continue to lead you to over the this summer. Um, yeah, thank you. I also want to thank all our listeners for listening for the first time to our Soaring to New Heights podcast. Uh, we'll be producing new episodes with Boston College students, kind of giving um, more insight into their experiences abroad in uh, through our office of global education um and i hope everyone has a great day thank you